Welcome to Fearlessly Feral Living. This is episode five and Karen broadcasting to you from the Woogie Ranch out here in the back 40 of northwestern Nevada, where I'm a half an hour away from the nearest gas station and grocery store. It's very peaceful and quiet out here. This is a podcast devoted to using new thought principles to ensure successful creative living. Successful living begins from within us and moves outwards. Change your thinking and you change your life. And today we're going to talk about oneness and just a little bit of politics. I just thought I'd throw that in there just to make sure you were listening. Yes, while this is a podcast about successful living through applying the principles of science of mind to our lives, sometimes we have to apply those principles to the world around us too. So here we go. There's this catch-all phrase going around right now. Almost every conversation I encounter begins with something like this. In this challenging time, yes, we are living in challenging times. And in the midst of all of this, we must return to principle. Especially in the midst of all of this, we must return to principle. So today I'm going to talk about the principle of oneness and how returning to that can help us better deal with this challenging time. Oneness is a principle that says not only is there one God, but also that we are a part of that God and it is a part of us and thus we are all connected. This has great ramifications for us as spiritual beings having a spiritual experience and as spiritual beings having a human experience too. Because we are all connected via this thing called group consciousness or group mind. If you're a scientific sort, let me explain it in the world of quantum physics. I know just enough about quantum physics to get into trouble. But check out the principle of non-locality. This principle says that physical location means nothing in our relationships. That relationships transcend time and space and that we are all connected. If you're into Mother Nature, consider the fact that a group of aspen trees is not just a bunch of trees growing separate from one another in a field. Look under the surface and you will see one giant root system from which all those individual trees grow. We are like that. We are all part of one giant system not separated by space or by time. We all have the same root system. We've all been created as God, by God, because we are needed to express the physical in this world. Yes, we are all a bunch of individual people, but we are all coming from that one individual force that we call God. I like to refer to us as Godlings. So, if we are all connected then we all matter. And if one person or one group of people is hurting, then all of us are hurting. So when we say black lives matter, they are the ones that are hurting right now. All of us are hurting because black lives are hurting. Any sense of separation from anyone else is false. If they're hurting, we are hurting because we are not separate from them at all, ever. This is an aspect of oneness that really hits home for me right now. 
The benefit of oneness is that we are always connected and we are never alone. We are one with our fellow humans. But there is a shadow side to that. And that's that side that says, if someone in the human race or a group of someone's in the human race is hurting, we are all hurting. We are subject to the same feelings of hurt and dismay that black people are feeling right now. Let me tell you a story that I think illustrates this quite well. When I was in ministerial school, I embraced the concept of oneness as I had never done before. I was feeling the force. I was feeling the joy of oneness. I was there. I was feeling it. It was awesome. It was a great feeling. Just as an aside, you can never, ever, ever be lonely in life if you embrace oneness. That's another benefit of oneness, by the way. But life went along for a while and I was feeling great. And I was in ministerial school. Now, ministerial school has a bunch of goals for its students, one of which is to dismantle everything that might get in the way of our being successful ministers. So for me, that meant pretty much everything in my life. Everything went away. All of it. My house went away. My career went away. Everything. All of it was gone. And so I was living in a little studio apartment on an 80-acre horse ranch, grieving my losses and studying and shoveling horse manure and riding horses and studying and more studying. So I was in school. I was making a little bit of money. I was working in trade, shoveling horses in exchange for living in that little studio apartment. I was paying just a little itty bitty bit of money to live there. And life was actually quite good. I had views to die for. I was living with 50 horses. I was just in heaven. And yet there was a lot of stuff going on. And there was stuff going on out in the world too. And some mornings I would wake up and I would feel this sense of dis-ease, this sense of not rightness. And at first I chalked it up to what was going on in my personal life and thinking, ah, it's just more feelings to process. But no, there was more to that. I would go out into the world on that ranch before any other humans were around and I would begin cleaning the horse stalls and I would commune with the horses and a few hours later, I'd come back home to my little studio and I would make lunch and I would connect with the rest of the world and I would f discover that something catastrophic had happened out there in the world that day. Maybe a tornado or a monsoon or a flood or a fire, something that destroyed or damaged the lives of many people one great big giant group of people. And I began to realize that I was starting to feel that distress and that dismay that they were feeling as a result of whatever it was that had happened. This is a perfect example of what oneness does for us. We feel what they are feeling. Even if we are not conscious of it, or not aware of it on a conscious level, we feel it. Now bring that back to our own country and our own home turf and take in the reality of what black folks must be feeling when they are persecuted simply for the color of their skin. Take in the reality of someone being killed 
simply because of the color of their skin. Take in the reality of a systemic system of persecution simply because of the color of their skin. Take in the reality of people knowing that they can't go places because of the color of their skin. Take in the reality of people not being able to say have the same advantages that someone like me has because I'm white. I did have advantages. That's my inherent built-in privilege. You know, if I get stopped by a police officer for a traffic infraction, all I have to worry about is getting a ticket. And how much is that going to cost me to fix it? And is my insurance going to go up? I don't have to worry about anything else. If a black person gets stopped by a cop, they got to worry about a lot more than that. And no, I'm not saying all cops do this. I'm saying some cops do this. This is not a, a this is not a commentary on whether police are bad or not. I love police. I love law enforcement. Do I think there might be a little bit of reform needed? Yes. I do not believe in defunding the police. Please don't put words in the, the, that I'm not saying. Please don't do that. People have a tendency to do that in their fear and their outrage and their dismay. That is not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that things are different for me because I'm white. And they're different for you if you are white. And they're different for you if you are black. Simply by virtue of the color of our skin. That's what I'm saying. You know, today is June the 12th. On this date in 1967, the Supreme Court approved and struck down laws banning interracial marriages. That's pretty recent, guys. That's in my lifetime. People of different races could not get married until 1967. I think about stuff like that and I'm like, oh my God, really? Wow. I believe in the Black Lives Matter movement because of all of this, because of this oneness, because if they're hurting, I'm hurting. If they're hurting, we are hurting. It has become a cliche, but cl cliches come become so for a reason. Black lives do matter, and they do need us to know that they matter. This isn't about all lives mattering. It's about black lives mattering because if they're hurting, we are hurting. We are not separate human beings walking around on this earth. We are all connected. What I do and think affects you and what you do and think affects me. In this sense of divisiveness that's going on right now, which by the way, has been planted within us. Oh my goodness, that, that sense, that, that thing, that thing that says, if you're not for me, you're against me. That is so false. That is so false. It is so divisive. We have this false sense of separation. This thing that says, if we make them matter, we will cease to matter. That is not what spirituality is all about. And it's not true. 
It isn't true spiritually and it's not true physically. I hope I've been able to explain the principle of oneness adequately to demonstrate this. I've got one more example for you. Let's say you have multiple pets and one of those pets is in trouble. It's either injured or sick. At that moment, that pet matters just a bit more than the others. The others are fine. They're doing their thing. Except they're feeling the dismay and the distress of the pet that's injured or sick. They feel that stuff, just like we do. But right now, that injured or sick pet needs caring for. We need to take care of that injured pet. It matters. Right now, black folks are injured. They matter. They've been injured for a long time, and they have not mattered for a long, long time. They've done a pretty good job of caring for themselves through all these injuries. All the judgments, all the persecutions, all the carefully hidden white supremacist rules that make it difficult for them to succeed in life in the ways that people like you or me with the color of our skin automatically succeed. It's time for us, and by us I mean you and me, to stop this. It's time for us to to say that black lives matter. Because if they don't matter, it's a spiritual reality that we don't matter either. This is what oneness means. Now here's another thing we're going to need if we're going to move through this challenging time and emerge from it successfully. Courage. I'll be real honest with you guys. It took me a long time to decide whether or not I was going to do a podcast about this. And then it took me even longer to research it. And then it took me even longer to write it. And then I had to sit on it some more. Because I want people to like me. And I know some of you are going to go away because you disagree with me. And that's okay. It's important for us to know these things about ourselves. This is where courage comes from. So that we can know ourselves we can know ourselves well and we can have the courage to stand in our truth because we feel it and we know it we cannot successfully address change we cannot successfully address all the dismay and the distress and the other things we might be feeling right now unless we absolutely totally and completely know ourselves This is the heart of spirituality. Because in reality, spirituality is not about candles and crystals. It's not about how much we meditate and pray. It's not about how much we go to church. It's not about what religion we are. It's not about how positive we are or how enlightened we are. Spirituality is about how much we embrace the concept of oneness, how much we feel oneness, how much we realize that in our oneness, what we do and think affects others and that we need to take responsibility for that. That's what spirituality is all about. And we need to realize that in our despair, the worst thing we can do is point our fingers of blame out at others who think differently than we do and verbally or physically abuse them. We can't resort to calling people names as much as we might want to. We must instead do our own work so that we know our truth and we can confidently stand in that truth without making the other person wrong. We must learn how to have different kinds of conversations. 
not just agreeing to disagree. This goes way beyond that. This is what oneness is about. Oneness is about finding the common ground. When we blame someone else for the problems of today, we're in separation. And because of oneness, if we're blaming other people, guess what? We've got blame for ourselves. So if you're sitting there and you're still enough and you're quiet enough to realize that you've got some blame going on, realize that because of oneness, the blame is for yourself as well as for them. And you need to take care of that. Remember that in our oneness, we need to take responsibility for our own stuff and do our own work. We need to see ourselves as we wish to be seen. We need to see others as we wish to be seen. You know that golden rule that do unto others as we wish to have done unto ourselves? That's oneness, guys. It's just in a different language. Remember that commandment about not bearing false witness against our neighbor? That's oneness. It's just in a different language. Remember that Buddhist tradition, if you're Buddhist, about doing no harm? That's oneness. Oneness is a principle that's mentioned one way or another in all of the religious and faith traditions. It's across the board. This is a spiritual truth, this oneness thing. We need to ground our lives in oneness. We need to base our lives in oneness. We need to feel it and know it. Only from a foundation of oneness can we move out into the world and be successful at counteracting and changing these challenging times and making it so that they are no longer so challenging. So I thank you for listening today. I know that it is no accident that you are here. I affirm your oneness. I affirm your greatest good. I affirm your inherent divinity. And I affirm that that sense of oneness and divinity that is within you shows up in your life as wisdom and prosperity and peace and unconditional love for yourself and for everyone else. I affirm that you are the place where God shows up in this world. I love you and I support you. Know that Fearlessly Feral Living is sponsored by the Center for Spiritual Living in Carson City, Nevada. We are a teaching chapter. We teach. That's what we do. And that's part of what this podcast is about. If you wish to contribute financially to support this project, you can go to www.cslcc.org and click on the donate button. That's the initials for Center for Spiritual Living Carson City, cslcc.org. Or you can go to our Fearlessly Feral page on Patreon, patreon.com slash fearlesslyferal, and become a member. Your gifts contribute to the ongoing production of this podcast as well as to supporting Wednesday Night Wisdom and other ongoing activities sponsored by CSL Carson City. We also have a private Facebook group called Fearlessly Feral Living, 
where we discuss all kinds of wonderful things. You can join by going to Facebook and looking up Fearlessly Feral Living. I'm currently serving as Interim Minister for Mountainside Center for Spiritual Living in Placerville. We're doing all of our activities on Zoom right now. And I'm speaking there every other Sunday. Again, via Zoom. Future speaking dates are June 14th and 28th, July 12th and 26th, and August 16th and 30th. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me on Facebook. And until next time, I am knowing fearlessly fair living for you and for me. Thank you so much.